everybody, this is Heidi and I have Zach Lamplu and today we're going to talk about his film, which I absolutely loved and it's just been with me all day. I, I, I want to watch it again and and I want to share it with you guys too, so we'll find out maybe how we can see it. But Zach, mm-hmm. welcome to Vibrant Visionaries. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. So, well, I found out about you because you're on one of the panels at um, Chattanooga Fest. Yeah. Yeah. And then we were chatting through Twitter and oh my God. So, okay. 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. (laughs) My first podcast was all about this is Spinal Tap. So Mm -hmm. I already felt like, okay, this is like a place that I can really relate to. And then my husband and I have a tangential like love of Bigfoot and we have. Oh, um, yeah traveled to some of the spots and, you know, seen some of the films. And, and it's just, a, it's a place that's like a touchstone for us too. So, well, we thought it was absolutely hilarious. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah, I'm finding out there's a lot more of you guys than I previously thought. There's at, at least like two or three people at every festival we went to were coming up to us and we're like, just so you know, I'm obsessed with Bigfoot. You know, like, <laughs> and it wasn't, at people, I think, I think, People assume that it's always like like a hairy dude in jean shorts from Tennessee or something, but often it's not. Often it's like just some regular person who's just like, I'm really into this. I had no idea there were so many. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. What was some of your reference material for making... Because I love all... <laughs> I love... <laughs> oh, it's like kind of not found footage, but a footage. You know, it's it's a doc style film. Yeah. But there's also like, you're also seeing other people's documentaries within it. Or, you know, there's it's playing around with a lot of different things. That kind of reminds me of like when Jonah Ray did his, and then he has um, Anthony Bourdain, like they end up cross- connecting did you ever see that that was his show on CISO yeah and there's it's called one... like something places with Jonah Ray I can't remember yeah and there was one episode where like I think he and Anthony Bourdain basically end up in the same place at the same time you know so nice I kind of remembered uh thought about that when I saw it but yeah what were some of your uh yeah what was some of your reference material for this pop star never stop never stopping for sure so I think there's kind of a difference between found footage and mockumentary like mockumentary the camera man is not a character and in found footage the cameraman is possibly the main character you know in the whole movie or at least like a secondary character and and actually is a person that adds to the story so like i i told our producer like i was like i want this to be the cameraman's a person just like in creep like we're following this person's story but i want it to be like as off the wall funny as pop star like i wanted to feel like we're watching pop star if pop star was a haunted movie <laughs> or like a haunted house movie or something like that you know so I, i've always loved like those kind of screwball comedies i don't know if you'd call that screwball like pop star anchorman uh that kind of stuff any any of those comedies so i wanted to do something in that in that vein yeah i also thought of like on on Kroll show they had a uh, ghost bouncers i don't know if you ever saw that. yes yeah 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 <laughs> dude Kroll show is great they they destroyed making fun of reality tv for everybody <laughs> they really ruined it. that's one of my shows i definitely come back to a lot like i, I just i can throw on Kroll show anytime and, and oh yeah just every single episode has 
Pennsylvania is like great. <laughs> oh yeah. Before Mayor of Easttown, we had Pennsylvania. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that was some of your resource material. I definitely get it. And I'm a big Mark Duplass fan too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And so for those folks who haven't seen the film yet, you are the cameraman in it. You're the producer. It's your yeah. name. And so I was curious about the cast because that was a ter absolutely terrific cast. Everybody, like, er even if they had, like, the tiniest little part, I thought it yeah. was just fantastic. So what was casting like? So long before I ever made a movie, I used to run this show called Ladies Night in uh, Atlanta where we it was a short film competition, and every month we would have, like, six or seven brand-new shorts from all the local filmmakers, including myself, and out of the four or five guest people that were uh they were like the submissions like the local filmmakers that were sending us stuff whoever won from there had to come back the next month with a new thing that they just made and like defend the title the idea being it would exhaust you <laughs> until you you know, it, you would get better. And also, like, everybody would get funnier because they learned what the crowd liked. They learned, like, what a theater wanted to see. But uh, I was a psychopath, and I did it every month for three years. Wow. <laughs> so, so I did. I think I there was, like, three or four months where I took it off, like, here and there. But we did, me and my friends, uh, Brian and Joel. Brian's in the movie. Uh, and Joel is, too. He's one of the redneck guys. He He's the redneck that believes in Bigfoot. But between the Between the three of us, Every month we would do two short films, two or three. So uh, anyway, so aside from like, like just sitting and watching your work with a theater full of people and like learning those lessons, we built a huge list of local actors that were great. And like we already had seen everybody in my movie, I've seen in at least five shorts. So like I've, I've already, I already know like what's funny about them. You know, I, I know that sounds like typecasting, but I've already like, I've seen Graham, the the guy Darren Edwards in our movie, who's like the the camouflage expert. I've already seen him do like a serious thing and a goofy thing, and like seen him act, you know, this and like may maybe someone put him in a thing and it kind of didn't work, but then they put him in a different thing and it's like very funny. So I already like know I'm like oh, I have a perfect part for Graham. I'll just like call him. So I just I had everybody just show up and just had it ready for them to nail it, you know, and everybody did. Too everybody's like. Everybody that's in the movie is a super professional. What was your own internal green light that said, like, it's time for me to make my first feature film? Well, I'd made like 100 shorts, <laughs> you know, like at that point. So I actually, all right. So let me see. I moved to Atlanta. This movie was made in Atlanta. Like that was where I was living. And I had I'd been working on this show. Like I said, we've been doing it every month, you know, cutting your teeth and everything. And then on top of that, I had edited on a couple shows at Adult Swim. I'm an editor for my day job. So I'd edited on Squidbillies and Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell and a couple other like little projects they had. We wrote a pilot that didn't get made. It was like somebody wanted it from us and we did it. And it was, we were, you know, and then they also paid to produce it, which was very nice of them. But ultimately at the end of the day, like it didn't get picked up. It, the script was, I was so, you know, you want to like please people the first time you make something. And the first time they have a pilot, you want to like do what all the producers and execs, any, anybody that gives you notes, you're like, yes, I'll do those notes. So then at the end of it, you know, we had like this, this, 
eight minute long pilot, you know, like a sizzle reel, not like a real pilot, but like a pilot. And then a script that I didn't really like because I'd taken so many notes on it that it kind of sucked. And then the pilot, the full sizzle they made, like I wasn't nuts about that either. And it was like 18 months of my life. So it was like, and you know, those guys are great. Like I'm more than happy to work with them again. And I still am working with them on other stuff, but like you, you get to a point where you're like, so you spent like over a year making something and you don't like it. So I, I think we realized we'd rather spend like a year making something that's undeniably us. And then if people hate it, that means they hate us and that's fine. <laughs> you know, then if people hate it, then we just suck and that's cool. So, you know, that, that's why we set out to make something. Cause we were like, we need that first thing to point at and be like, look, we made this, like, it's, it's good. Do you like it? And if you don't like it, that's fine too. <laughs> Yeah, what I've noticed, too, with projects where I end up realizing, yeah, that I'm just trying to, like, please a bunch of people versus, like, follow the my, my two, true creative spirit is mm-hmm. that then when you do, like, say you've got that sizzle reel or whatever, you know, whatever the end project product is, is that your energy around it is kind of like, uh, yeah, this is, us. like, it's so much different than, like, this is us. Like we did this thing and we're so excited about it. And yeah, it's going to find the right audience or there'll be people that don't like it because that's what sucks about doing those, those projects that aren't really your true voice is that then the people that like it aren't really the fans of what your. Yeah. What you bring to the table. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I'd rather just try and make but i mean there's cons to doing it your own way too because i mean there's less money there's less resources there's less everything so it's not necessarily so previously it was you know getting a bunch of notes and taking a bunch of notes and trying to navigate like a social thing and the other way it's like you're just trying to navigate a money thing you know i mean you're just trying to be like we we can't afford to do all the screen screens so it's just gonna have to look like this which is also fun though, because a lot of times those solutions that you come up with are creative and people bring something that makes the product better. You know what I mean? So also happy to do that. It's just, it, it's always like a give and take, but yeah, I, I felt like ultimately we needed to do something. We just needed to kick it up a notch from making any more shorts. <laughs> <laughs> And so what do you feel like now that you've finished that project, what do you feel like you've learned that you're like taking into whatever your next project is? Just take, just be more patient. I feel like this, this project was, it was like, I, I love it and I, and I, and I, it's what I wanted it to be. But I do feel like if we took like two years on it instead of one year, I don't know, maybe not. I feel like if we took like two years on it instead of one year, maybe it could have been better. But also it might not have happened or it might, you know, we might've just been sitting on our hands for like six months. We waited on some more, whether it's like money or cast or writing or like anything, you know, while you wait on just more, you can wait on more, but it might not pan out, you know? So, and I'm realizing, cause I, like I said, I edit for my day job. I'm realizing how much, like when you get to upper levels, it is just like, look at the product think about it for a long time and then come back to it in like a week, you know what I mean? Or let some other people do it. It, it. When you get to like that level of like working with professionals who are like actually making television shows, it is a lot of just like, we all just need time to look at it and think about it, you know? 
And then they also need, if this sounds inefficient, but some of the like better shows I've worked on do just kind of like, they're like, just take it and why don't you just do a whole pass? And then they look at it and they're like, we don't like it at all. They, you know what I mean? It's kind of just like letting people spin their wheels to try and make it better. Cause if you even get like, if, if an editor or something gives you like 10 suggestions and you take two, like that's valuable, you know? it still increases the show just a little bit, you know? So it, so it goes from being like a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes to like a 92%. And then like, if you just keep running it through different people's ideas, you can really get it up there. And it's just patience at that point. It's just patience of just being like, we just need to take a lot of time, you know? Yeah. And I think that's all kind of counter to like the hustle culture or the like, look Mm -hmm. how quickly I got this done culture, whatever you want to call it. Like, yeah, just, that the part of the creative process is the ruminating and the daydreaming or the getting out of the house and looking at things from a different perspective or yeah re-listening i always think of like when i was in bands uh as a singer or band leader we record something and the first thing we do after we listen to it is go is listen and almost everybody the first recording is like yeah, we fucking nailed it, you know, like, we're all so excited yeah. about it. And then the next time you listen, you start to hear, oh, we kind of, uh, and then it's like, yeah, it's this whole process of like, what are the things that we want to leave in? Because that's mm-hmm. a natural, good feeling, whatever. And then what are the things we do really want to yeah. finesse more? Yeah, we got into, we got accepted into Austin Film Fest, and then we were still editing it. <laughs> I think we got accepted in like June or July and we were still like, some of it was just like, Oh crap, we need to get a mix. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that, not, not creative stuff. But then in a lot of it was just like, shit, we need to fix this scene. You know, we need to fix this, a lot of this stuff. So that was, yeah. If, if we budget ourselves some more time, you know, but also sometimes when you budget yourself more time, things don't get done. So yeah, it's kind of kind of both worlds. Yeah, you know, six of one, half a dozen of the other. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. As far as the script went, was was there improv also, or was it mostly just what was on the page? So we had a script. Like a lot of people, I think, assumed that like you know improv is going to mean like like an improv show where it's like there's no script. We were so wild. Uh, we had like a, a workable script that had all the lines start to finish. And, you know, this this movie has a lot of callbacks. So I was having to like kind of be be the cops about we got to say it just like this, because in 80 pages, you say it exactly the same way again. You know, we can't have it not track. So we had we had like a workable script. But then also because it was such a small like cast in production, like if the actors thought of anything funny, like, of course, I'm like, yeah, let's just do that, you know? We can we can like take that line for a spin if we got time. So it was it was and also everybody in this is most people in this are like professionally trained actors. A lot of them went to like acting conservatories and stuff, and they are just killing it with just being super funny. Like I feel like a lot of people assume that like you get get like a stand up comedian or somebody from an improv theater or something like that, but like if you get like a classically trained actor and explain to them like how the scene is funny, they'll just nail it. You know, they, people, people don't think like, Oh, a dramatic actor is good for that. No, they're like great at it. Yeah. That reminds me of, I don't know what his, his history is, but like uh, as far as schooling or whatever, but like 
Like if you were introduced to John Hamm as only yeah. being. <laughs> That's who I was just thinking of was John Hamm in 30 Rock when he has the like hook hands and stuff, dude. He's like, he's normally a dramatic guy, but they're like, you know, somebody told him, you know, it's very funny if you're handsome and stupid. Yeah. If, if you're, if you're incredibly well-spoken and dumb as hell. And he just ran with it for like a whole season, you know? So hilarious. And then um, I just was rewatching um, the final season of Kimmy Schmidt. Okay. And he's he's a main, um, well, a main side character throughout the whole series. Yeah. But um, they have one episode that is a mockumentary episode. And in fact, for a while, Netflix even had it under documentaries as like its own documentary called Party Monster. And if you oh, haven't yeah. seen that, it's absolutely hilarious. You will definitely love it. Anybody okay. listening or watching, if you haven't seen Party Monster, it is a wonderful doc- mockumentary and he's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to check that out. I still haven't watched Kimmy Schmidt all the way through. Yeah. That, it's actually, it's like that, that kind of i think that kind of came out when i was writing this script so i was just like bogged down with this stuff sure everybody everybody was like you gotta check out kimmy schmidt and i was like oh, i've just got this movie and then now now that the movie's like released i feel like i've like woken up from this slumber but i still haven't caught up on everything yeah i i highly recommend going back i mean if you're a fan of 30 rock i think it's and the thing about it that i like it's got the the speed of 30 Rock, which can be annoying when you're like, oh, my God, so many jokes are going by me. But what I mm-hmm. always think about it is I'll just catch more jokes on the re, you know, on the rewatch or the re-listen. Sometimes I'll do yeah. something else so I can only hear it and not even watch it so I can hear some of the jokes. But it's got puppets throughout it, like major characters as puppets. It's got one of the leads that has an incredible singing voice. And I think... You know, he does things that are parody, but are also beautiful and moving. And so, like, when I think about your film where it's a mockumentary, but there's also, like, you know, thoughtful, sweet moments throughout it as well. And, like, this show, I can watch it and, like, oh, my God, I can appreciate that you're doing this funny thing, but you're also moving me because your voice is, like, absolutely (laughs) gorgeous. (laughs) But um, yeah, Party Monster, even if you just feel like sitting down and watching one really funny thing, man, that is nice. a hilarious episode. I'm going to check that out. I think I watched the first season of Kimmy Schmidt, and then I kind of dropped off after that. But I need to, I need to check it out because it was really funny. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it for our time today. It's been fantastic talking with you. Where can people see this movie? Yes, it's on Amazon. It's on iTunes. Uh, it's on like Vudu. It's anywhere you can like rent. I think it's doing the best numbers on Amazon. So check it out there, I guess. And 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 rate and review it, baby. Yeah, you gotta rate and review and uh, and rate us on iTunes. Awesome. Or not iTunes. Um, Rotten Tomatoes. Screw okay. iTunes. Rotten Tomatoes. No, we, <laughs> we. It's funny if you go look at our reviews, which I I don't like. I think the bad ones are funnier to me. Like a lot of people get get upset, but uh, our reviews, some of them are like. I know we have at least one bad review on Amazon that's like the subtitles didn't work and they gave us like a one, <laughs> you know, it's like, dude, you can't eat. You're the one that can't figure out your Roku. Yeah. And then we have at least. Oh, and then there's a handful of like Bigfoot hunters. There's a handful of Bigfoot hunters who are taking it very personally, who who have written like uh, 
can't believe you're using Bigfoot's name for this this nonsense. This is typical slander that Bigfoot. Yeah, it's great. Speaking of that, um, if you have go go start a fight in the comments. With yeah, them. Be yeah. Like, I love <laughs> I love the slanderous good. use of Bigfoot's name. If there's one thing I like about this movie, it's how much it treats Bigfoot like shit. <laughs> Just go start a fight with those guys. Uh, speaking of Bigfoot, before we before I bid you adieu, um, mm-hmm. are there are there other like Bigfoot related? films or books or anything that you do really enjoy getting into or reading or watching uh so we actually went that that bigfoot festival in the movie is a real bigfoot festival we actually went to north carolina and spoke to some real uh researchers and everything and i actually had a i had a researcher who was occasionally consulting on my script to make sure it was accurate to make sure that we were we were doing it right and that dude had some wild evidence to show me. Uh, go check out the Great North tape. Have you seen that? I don't think so. Like someone, here's what happened is not now I'm like kind of really into like the Bigfoot stuff mm-hmm. or just finding new evidence. Somebody went and filmed a documentary that was not about Bigfoot. It was like Planet Earth or something. They were trying to just create a documentary about caribou. And years later, after it was edited, somebody was like, is that Bigfoot in the back? And there, sure enough, there's something. There's something back there. And then they also asked about, um, like, like he was like, I don't know what that is. We filmed it. I don't know what the heck that is. And researchers or people asking if it was a hoax or whatever were like, oh, well, it's it's crew. It's like crew back there. And he was like, there was no crew on that side of the river. Like, we were not, we wouldn't put crew in the middle of a stampede. Right, right, right. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to find this. Okay. I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to uh, sit Go here. ahead. Keep talking. Bobcat Goldthwait, did you see his big film? Yes, film? I've seen his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His is like, it's very, uh, very slice of life. It does have creepy ass stuff right towards the end of it, though. I mean, yeah, it yeah, gets yeah. into like scary. Yeah, his touches on, there's a lot of uh, Bigfoot, there's a lot of uh, sexual assault in the Bigfoot like lore, you know? Yeah, quite a bit. There's like everybody I spoke to is a, a lot of sexuality with Bigfoot. I don't I don't know if I necessarily buy into that or enjoy it or celebrate it or am interested in it, but there's quite a bit. Yeah, my friend Pam, who loves Bigfoot, she has sent me every once in a while she'll send me a podcast of interest, you know, something and there's definitely mm-hmm. ones and I don't remember the name of the podcast itself, but like where people are telling stories, right? They're big foot sightings and stuff. And I remember one of them, the guy was talking about he, how he was taken out, you know, very sincere, very like, you know, I was taken out into the woods and they took me to their little home, and, you know, like telling this whole story of... Bigfoot did yeah. this? <laughs> okay. And then he kept saying that the, the female was very attractive, very attractive. <laughs> Yeah, man. I don't I don't know. It's like a it's almost like furries but a little bit more like evolution based. Yeah. Yeah. Some of it. <laughs> Some of it is, not all of it. So, to wrap up everything, Zach, thank you so much for talking yeah, with thank me. You. It was really great. And 15 things you didn't know about Bigfoot and then what's the I love the the first one will 
Number one will Number blow your one mind. Number one will blow your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's going to be like, like, don't be a menace in South Central. It's going to be like that, where people just, just remember it as don't be a menace. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah. Well, really, really fun. Thanks for sharing the film with me. And I look forward to sharing it with everybody and making sure that, yeah, leave those reviews, everybody. <laughs> Watch yes. it on. Please send combative reviews. <laughs> Okay, cool. Thanks, man. See you later, everybody. Thank you. See ya. Thanks for listening to Vibrant Visionaries. This is Heidi Bennett, and this is my beloved podcast. I produce it, I host it, I book it, and have fantastic editing done by David Smith. Thank you so much, David. Find everything at vibrantvisionaries.com, including a link to our new YouTube channel, Vibrant Visionaries Network. There's even a link to our Patreon where you can join the Vibrant Visionaries community and support the podcast. You can also find me at HeidiBennett.com. Thanks for listening and ciao for now!